0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome, good start there, to episode 160 <laughs> of Locked On Canadians. We are brought to you today by the fine folks at Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. I am, of course, one of your hosts. I am Scott Mallon. I am joined, as always, by my fantastic co-host, The Active Stick, Laura Saba. Laura, how are you on what I'm sure is a gorgeous Wednesday in Montreal?
1: It is beautiful. Can't complain. It looks like there's not going to be storms until Friday. So, you know what? I'm just enjoying the wonderful weather.
0: Yeah, I and obviously we're recording this the day beforehand. I'm going kayaking in a few short hours, so there will probably be footage of me falling into a very cold lake in Canandaigua at some point today for everyone else's amusement. And we have actual hockey news to talk about. None of it that actually affects the Montreal Canadiens, but we're going to make it affect the Montreal Canadiens. And we're going to get into that in our second and third segments. But we asked people again for, in our last episode we talked about, what Montreal teams would you want to have seen get the last dance treatment and we actually got a few more answers from a couple of people. And we focused mainly on very good teams in our Monday episode. But Andrew Zadronowski kind of took it in the opposite direction in that what if we got a last dance team for a terrible Canadians team in a year? And he picked 2011-2012, which is the year that they fired Jacques Martin. Mike Camilleri got traded in the middle of the game. Randy Cunningworth basically got thrown under the bus by ownership and everything. And honestly, just the dysfunction in that team makes me kind of interested to see what it would look like if we got a full season of that, or a 10-part documentary on that.
1: I think that was a season where everything that could possibly go wrong went wrong. And not only that, but it went wrong in really embarrassing ways. And I remember from my experience of fandom at that time, everyone was was laughing at the Canadians and with good reason. It just seemed like, it seemed like a circus.
0: Yeah, it was, I mean, Mike Camilleri said, we're you know, we're playing like a bunch of losers and this and that. And then he got traded in the middle of the game for, Oh, Rene Bork and some draft picks. And that's the they sold off like everyone. The Kostitzins were gone. Hal Gill, gone. Camillary, gone. Brian Gianta, I'm pretty sure, got injured at that some point in that season. Uh, Carrie Price got hurt. We ended the season with Peter Budai and Someone else in net, I think. <laughs> I'm not even 100% sure.
1: Someone.
0: someone. Uh, I can't, The fact that I can't remember who is not a good sign for any of this. Uh, is it
1: possible that it was Mike Condon?
0: I don't think it was Mike Condon. That's the thing is I want to see who was on um, this Canadian roster because I'm like, I know Carey Price didn't play the last game of the season because he accepted the Molson Cup, you know, in his cowboy gear and everything. Uh let's see here. This was the year that they had Eric Cole, or maybe it was Carey Price. Carey Price played 65 games this year, and I guess they just kind of shut him down at the end of the year. But, like, I man, this team, people who played on this team that year, uh let's see here, Andre Kostitsin, Mike Camilleri, Thomas Caberlet, Yannick Weber, Rafael Diaz, Matthew Darsh, Chris Campoli, Louis LeBlanc, Petteri Nogalainen, Aaron Palushai, Mike Blunden, Frederick Saint-Denis, Jaroslav Spachak, Ryan White, Blake Jeffrion, Brad Staubitz, Gabriel Dumont, and Andreas Engfist, who played 12 games apparently, of which I remember zero of them happening. The dysfunction in that team alone makes me want to see, yeah, it's called the last dance, but it's the last dance for who the hell was that guy kind
1: of thing. <laughs>
0: There's a whole bunch of players on there that they were the yo-yo guys from Hamilton. That's like, you got called up, you got sent down. You got called up, you got sent down. You got called up, you got sent down. There is one thing I remember out of everything in that season. It's beating the Leafs in the final game of the year. And Brad Stobitz was on the ice defending an empty net goal, scored a (laughs) 200-foot goal on the Leafs. That's all that I remember how that season ended. It was awful.
1: (laughs) I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, when you were talking about that, I, like, truly, I can't remember a lot of those players.
0: Yeah, it's, there's some names in there that I recognized because they played other years, but it's like, who the hell's Pateri Noka Line? Like, I don't know who that person is. Like, honestly. <laughs> uh, going to the opposite ends of things, though, uh, Kevin Wall, who actually writes for the SB Nation Syracuse website, uh said 1986, the Canadiens team that won the Stanley Cup, where Patrick Waugh won the con Smythe as a rookie. And that's got to be a good one, too, because I kind of looked at the season. The Canadians weren't the outstanding team in the NHL that year. It was the Oilers. It was the Capitals and the Penguins were all incredible teams. And then the Canadians finished with 87 points and somehow won a Stanley Cup in seven games. Or uh, not even seven games. They won in... Five games over the Calgary Flames who would upset the dynastic Edmonton Oilers en route to the Stanley Cup final. And that's, you, like I said, you have guys like Patrick Y, you have one of our personal favorites in Mats Naslid, and Larry Robinson is still there, and guys like Bobby Smith, and the Canadians when they were that, hey, who the hell is that guy? How does he have 80 points this year kind of team? Uh, Stefan Riche was on the team, Bob Gainey, Brian Scroodland, who scored that nine second overtime winner in game two. Uh, Claude Lemieux, who somehow in 28 playoff games collected 68 penalty minutes, which actually doesn't surprise me that much, but (laughs) that's gotta be a good one too, because of how many, we've talked about how many famous players were on the Canadiens over that time. And like Guy Carboneau, uh, Mike McVeigh, Mario Trombley was on that team. Uh, Chris Chelios was on that team. Uh, Chris Nyland, who fought everyone in sight, so many good players that it feels like a last dance with so many characters. Players like that would be really interesting to watch.
1: I think so too. I think the personalities uh, would make would make that particular series, and I would be very excited to have to see what people would have to say about Mario Trembley <laughs> this many years later, <laughs> and while well, well, you know. Whoever they interview, I think it would just be really interesting.
0: Yeah, I mean, I feel like most people are going to see, like, Mario Tremblay come up on the screen and just instinctively boo. Or maybe that's just me. I don't know. It's
1: (laughs) ironic that Tremblay
0: and Wah were on the same team that won a Stanley Cup together. And then all those years later, everything just – meltdown doesn't even describe it. But we've talked about that enough. There's an episode of The the Last Dance that we should get is, you know, just focused around the last time Patrick Waugh was a Canadian – But I don't think any other Habs fan really want to relive that, you know, trauma once again.
1: Our nemesis would probably beg to differ.
0: Yeah, well, Will's a jerk, so and we know (laughs) this. So (laughs) if you have more suggestions, we wanna keep we wanna keep this going. We want to hear why you want a last dance for any of these given teams, you can hit us up at L-O- underscore Canadians. Please send us any of your suggestions. I mean, I'm surprised we haven't gotten any of the older teams or like the Richard Riot year teams. I feel like that'd be interesting too, but we want to hear from you. Please send us all of your suggestions. We'll be sure to, you know, dig into them and read up on air uh, going into this weekend. But we have actual NHL news to get to that doesn't involve the Canadians, but we're going to make it involve the Canadians, and that's going to be coming up next.
1: But first I got to talk about something real quick. I have a car. I love it to death. It's about 10 years old and it's right around that time where I'm going to have to do some significant work on it in order for it to continue to serve me for as long as I want it. Enter rockauto.com. rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate, which is great news for me. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low. And the same for professionals and do it yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com.
0: What's up, guys? Trey Matthews of Locked On Devils here. And let me tell you about Discover Debit Cash Back. Wings for the game? Boom, cash back. New lucky jersey? Boom, cash back. Even a last-minute ice run can score you some cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cash Back Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look in sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the W, but you know what's a guaranteed win? Discover Cash Back Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees, period? I'm telling you, this one is a real game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. So less than I want to say three months ago, I don't really know because time has lost all meaning in the pandemic world. Uh, the Pagula family said that Jason Botterill was safe for at least another year as uh, Buffalo Sabres GM And then today, they fired him and everyone else who worked in the front office in Buffalo and hired some guy who has no front office experience to run the team. And I have to say, it's probably pretty good for the Canadians that the Sabres can't seem to get out of their own way in terms of hiring and firing GMs and all these other things. It's amazing, and I want to read a tweet here uh, from Dmitry Filipovich on Twitter. Since the Sabers' last game, which was the beginning of March, uh, they didn't take care of their employees. They were one of the last teams to pay their concession employees for canceled games or anything like that. And part of that, it came out, was because they had to pause construction on building a super yacht for themselves. There was an article in The Athletic that I highly recommend you go read about how toxic it was to work in Pagula Sports and Entertainment, announced they're keeping their GM. Rasmus Ristolainen, who is a divisive figure at the best of times in hockey Twitter, was labeled a core player, so they wouldn't be trading him. They tried to call Lawrence Pilots Bluff about going to the KHL, but had no leverage, so he just up and left, and then today they fired their GM, all well somewhere sandwiched in there was Jack Eichel saying he's sick and tired of losing. We talk about how dysfunctional the Senators are, but when you kind of phrase it like this, it's amazing that the Buffalo Sabres are still even operating as a team in Western New York.
1: It's honestly astounding. And I have to say, I, like you said, you know, as, as Canadians fans, We're probably like there's a lot to be relieved in that at least one team in the division is not getting it together, at least for now. It doesn't seem like it. But I'm also sad because one of our favorite people, Hannah B, is a Buffalo Sabres fan and this must be driving her insane. But honestly, like just, just the confluence of events, like this is, we just talked about how we should do, um, you know, a last dance type documentary on the Randy, Randy Cunnyworth year. Like this is, that's something, like if, if there was ever a documentary series on like comically badly run organizations, I think that the Buffalo Sabres might not be at the top, top of the list, but they're like, I, I would, I would say maybe the Knicks should be at the top of that list. I don't know, but <laughs> they would definitely be be oh, pretty man. high up there.
0: <laughs> the Knicks would need several years worth of shows. Just to, it'd be like the oil change for the NBA. And anyone who remembers oil change covered the Oilers when they started getting all those first round draft picks and continued to suck It's honestly watching a disaster unfold repeatedly. It's a fun watch to be like, yeah, we got to go out and get this guy, and it's just some goon, and how Dustin Penner basically ruined an entire Oilers season. But for the Sabres, it's like, how does this keep happening? And they didn't just fire Jason Botterill, who was their GM. They fired Randy Sexton, who was their assistant GM, and ran their AHL team. And now I'm kind of wondering – The Amherst have been a very good AHL team for the past couple years. Should Montreal look at bringing someone like that in as an advisor like the AHL team? Because Montreal doesn't have an AHL GM, and if they have an emphasis on winning and creating a winning culture in the AHL, they need someone at the helm. Not to say that Mark Bergevin can't do that, but when they don't have a president of hockey ops and he's overseeing so many things, they need someone to... Step in and fill that role, and I know we've talked about that before, but that should be something they're looking at this off season, whenever that should occur.
1: I would agree, and we've talked a lot on this podcast too about how the Canadians are trying to emphasize a winning culture in Laval in order to sort of like translate that to to the NHL level. And while Joel Bouchard probably has quite a bit of um, like quite a bit of management under his mandate right now, having an actual GM and sort of dividing that role might make it, might make, well, one thing, for one thing, like, you know, we are expecting Joel Bouchard to get snapped up. If he doesn't graduate to the NHL level, we're expecting him to get snapped up by another team at some point. So if there's a GM in place, there'd be some continuity there. But at the same time, I also feel like, you know, just, just the idea that, there's a fresh perspective that could also be slowly, um, I guess, I don't want to say groomed. I don't, I don't like that word because it's sort of like there's an expectation of entitlement, but we talk a lot also about how there aren't really that many candidates to replace Mark Bergman with at this point. So having somebody new in the organization might give them just that little push.
0: Yeah. I think that's a good point too. And someone brought up a big what if point in that. What if the Canadians and Sabres had played that next game where they were slated to face each other and the Sabres had won and then the season was put on pause or whatever and they would have switched positions where the Sabres would have been in the playoffs and Montreal would not. Would Jason Botterill still be employed and would Jeff Molson have fired Mark Bergevin in that case? And my question is, why the hell can't they fire Mark Bergevin if lower teams who don't have, who have somehow the same expectations to make the playoffs every year aren't and they're firing their GM. Why can't the Canadians do that unless Jeff Molson is happy with the way things are going? I, it, I don't know. Cause it seems like there's something a little bit more toxic within the Sabres organization as a whole that comes from ownership. And it seems to be that way based off the articles I've read. Montreal doesn't seem that way, but it's still concerning that this isn't even like become a, an idle threat, like a looming thing for Mark Bergevin and that doing okay is, is just fine in Montreal, but missing the playoffs when, you know, ownership is, you know, down your neck or your philosophical differences is fine in other cities. It's going to be really interesting to see how this affects the Sabres because if the person they hired is just there to do the owner's bidding, we know that never goes well. So that's actually going to kind of lead into what our next uh, segment is, is, what if the Sabres don't get better and Jack Eichel wants out? And how can we make Jack Eichel a Montreal Canadian? We'll talk about that coming up next. The Lockdown Podcast Network stands against racism and social injustice. That's why we, the hosts, are making personal donations to local and national organizations that are fighting for change. And in the month of June, Lockdown is matching the total of all host donations up to an additional $10,000. To make your own donation along with us, please visit lockdownpodcast.com slash black lives matter. And earlier we talked about one of our sponsors in rock auto who, you know, help Laura with her car parts or anyone out there who's going to need anything they could possibly need from one of their vehicles. But now something near and dear to both Laura and I's heart is the fine folks over at built bar who have this incredible product, their protein bars taste and feel just like a candy bar with none of the negative side effects of, you know, sugars and everything else. They're an incredible product and I cannot recommend them enough to everyone. They have a wide variety of flavors from chocolate and orange and chocolate and raspberry to mint chocolate, brownie and cookie dough. And there's all these incredible flavors and, honestly you got to try it for yourself if you use promo code locked on you can get 10 percent off your first order we highly recommend you check them out i usually take them on my way to work or on a hike with me and laura i know you have some in the morning when you're getting ready to start your work or you even use their uh boost the little water packets right
1: exactly i really like the boosts. um they it's basically flavoring your water but they've got uh It's kind of like a, a little bit of an energy boost as well, but I'll, I'll be really honest. I just, I drink it because it tastes good. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, like, you know, we've been talking about it and, and I can't say enough about it. Their customer service is very simple and great. Like it was a very quick, seamless order for me and you know, I've gotten my first, bought, well, I, my first order, I ordered quite a bit, so it would last me a while, and I'm just, I'm really enjoying it. I'm I, Like, I like that I have it. Like, there's a security, and, you know, if I'm hungry or in the middle of the day, I need to pick me up, they're right there. They taste great. Like, that's the biggest thing that I feel. It's, it's it, it tastes like a candy bar. It doesn't feel like I'm eating a protein bar.
0: They're soft, easy to chew. They taste like a candy bar. They've got more flavors than I could ever possibly name in this show. Go to builtbar.com. use promo code Locked On and save 10% on your first order. Go check them out. Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. So Jack Eichel's a surly guy, and he's not happy with losing over and over and over again. And with the Buffalo Sabres changing GMs again, my current thought is how can Montreal acquire Jack Eichel to finally get that next superstar they need to get to the next level and make a serious playoff push. And the first thought that comes up is they're going to have to trade a whole hell of a lot to bring this, to bring him to Montreal unless he demands a trade and Buffalo loses all of their leverage in this situation. But If we're talking about players that can make an immediate impact, you can put Jack Eichel on a line with Max Domi and Jonathan Duane and just let them loose in the offensive zone and just, honest to God, good luck trying to keep up. And then behind them, you can run Philip Deneau, Thomas Tatar, and Brendan Gallagher. And then behind that is Nick Suzuki, Joel Armia, and Arturi Lekin. And behind that, you get my point, is that he gives them another incredible top-line player, but one that stands head and shoulders above anyone else in Montreal – and if he continues to be unhappy or doesn't want to be in Buffalo for much longer, if I'm Mark Bergevin and I want to save my job, I figure out what it's going to take to acquire Jeff – or not Jeff Skinner. Don't acquire Jeff Skinner at his current contract. Acquire Jack Eichel at his current contract and do whatever it takes, honestly.
1: I would agree. And And something that we've criticized as a fan base, not just you and I, the the Canadians for is not having that high-end talent or at least enough of that high-end talent. You know, there's nobody that's on the elite level like Carrie Price or like Shay Weber used to be. There's nobody that you would consider a super superstar on this team as much as we love the players on it, as much as we enjoy as much as you know, Jonathan Drouin has had a resurgence and, you know, Nick Suzuki is showing a lot of promise. There's a lot of that, but we're missing that that big name, that, that no brainer no question kind of player. So for me, like I would, I would do whatever it takes, honestly.
0: Yeah. That's the kind of thing where it's, this is an elite, you know, level talent. You have to, you got to do it. Like you can't kind of waffle on this, go out. And if he's available, you go out and you do everything you can do to try and get him. If that means you give up guys, like Ryan Painling or Josh Brook in a trade going there with first round picks. This is the guy that if you were trying to win now, you have to go out and do it. Honestly, like I kind of draw the line that if they want Cole Caulfield or Kotka Niemi, but at the same time, if the package is right, do you look at doing that? Cause we know what Jack Eichel is. Jack Eichel is an NHL superstar. Both of these other players could potentially be that, but you have to wonder, okay, do you keep building up this prospect pool or do you go for it now? It's Mark Bergevin's continue both sides of the fence thing here. Honestly, though, I, I'm imagining Jack Eichel in a Canadian's uniform, and it'd be an incredible thing, I guess, because he'd be that next level thing. And then imagine Cole Caulfield comes in and you have Eichel Caulfield and Domi or Eichel Caulfield and Drewane or whoever, he gives this team so much more depth and a new facet to their ability to take over games that I'm kind of drooling thinking about how much angrier he's going to get if this team doesn't win next year. And given that the Sabres seem to have hired someone who, you know, was picked by the Pagulas without a search, I don't think things are going to get much better. So this Eichel saga paying out is going to be good for the Canadians because now, The Senators are still kind of a mess. Eugene Melnick still runs the team. Buffalo's kind of falling off right now. Obviously, Tampa Bay and Toronto and Boston are all very good, but Montreal has a chance to put themselves back in the upper half of the division instead of sitting at the bottom battling Buffalo and Ottawa for draft lottery position, especially if Jack Eichel eventually kind of says, enough, I'm done, I want out of here, I I can't take it anymore. And if Montreal could somehow take advantage of that, I feel like it would be absolutely amazing to see that kind of stuff happen, even though our luck is not always that good.
1: Agreed. And this is, you know, like it's a pipe dream because obviously as soon as you hear that Jack Eichel is not happy in Buffalo, every single GM on the planet is going to be inquiring and finding out about that. A big thing about him is that he, he's still really young which is something that honestly would add to the price of acquiring him for whatever, you know, uh, or signing him. So there there is that as well, but honestly, you know, it, stranger things have happened. Um Taylor Hall was traded one for one. Because <laughs> Zuban was traded one for one, although, you know, in hindsight that looks very different. But yeah. stranger things have happened. It is possible for stars to get traded it's possible for big stars to get traded or to sign with different teams. That's also another, you know, like John Tavares, for example, uh, you know, switched teams. And uh, how's that working out for him right now?
0: I mean, with first round losses to the Bruins. And I'm looking at Eichel's, he's got a $10 million cap hit. He's in year two of an eight-year contract. So he's worth a lot of money. And his no-movement clause doesn't kick in until 2022. So he has no trade protection right now. In terms of uh his contract, or at least not for another couple of years, it's good. It, it's a tough pill to swallow because Montreal obviously has Carey Price's contract on the books. It has Shea Weber's contract on the books. They have to move some big salary out, and maybe if Carey Price is going to Seattle at some point in time, Montreal finds a way to make this happen. It, it's a long shot, like the longest of long shots. But if Buffalo loses any. Leverage in this, like Eichel is clearly like not happy, wants to leave. They have no power in this situation and I think Mark Bergman or whomever the Canadians GM is at that point in time needs to look into this, but who knows? We'll see how this kind of unfolds because it's going to be a very interesting offseason in Buffalo, I'm sure. If it wasn't going to be already after missing the playoffs again. So I guess we'll keep an eye on this and we'll keep the uh, Jack Eichel to Montreal dream alive and well, hopefully. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for listening though, everyone. We will be back with the mailbag for Friday's episode. If you want to send us your questions, hit us up at LO underscore Canadians on Twitter. Uh, Laura's at the active stick. I am at Scott Matla. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts on Google, Apple, Spotify, wherever. Thank you so much for listening. Now ask your smart device to play the latest episode of Locked On NHL. Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players
1: are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.